up on the rooftop, click, click, click. But it's not Santa, it's just Gary Streisky fixing a leaking roof. Drip, drip, drip. First world problems, we know that. But L, yeah. you battled it on your way in. Yeah. We all battled it in the studio on the yeah. way in. Torrential downpour. Mm-hmm. We're dreaming of a white Christmas and said we're getting a wet Christmas one week out. Yeah. It's a monsoon. A bit of that as we say hello and welcome to what many would describe as just one big giant first world problem. Yes. It's the L. Duncan show. Yep. Starring and featuring the aforementioned Gary Streisky. I was getting there. I you know. didn't even I, let I me take kinda, a breath. I was, was kind of worried. I was worried. I don't know. I was kind of worried just now. I'm on L. I'm on edge this I morning. See. I woke up about 8 a.m. How I normally do. Yeah. Get my first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Open up the rundown. Getting ready to just dive headfirst into That's this. That's right, guys. We do actually prepare for this show. Into this Monday's edition of The L. Duncan Show featuring Gary Streisky. Okay. Taking a sip of my drink, watching SportsCenter, Ryan Smith, David Lloyd, and then I just, back of my head, just like. And it's just, that's just the tick of death. Yeah. Any person who's ever lived inside of a house mm-hmm. knows that that's not good. Not if you don't you have, have a water feature. Unless you have a metronome in your house or mm-hmm. a water feature. A Turn around. Like, that bubble wasn't there yesterday. Get up, poke it, and it's like a, it's like a boob implant. Okay. What? It's like, boop. It's like a boob implant? Yeah. yeah. It's like a- You have a silicone ceiling? Yes. How'd- yes. But Water. I was gonna say, wait, so it feels like a boob implant before it's gone into the breast or yes. after it's gone into the breast? So how many implants before. have you touched before they go into the breast? So anyway, uh, I have an active leak. <laughs> Gosh, I'm already, God, it's getting hot I'm here. just intrigued. You said it felt like a boob implant and I'm just wondering yeah. if you had ever in your 35 years Six. of existence found yourself in a plastic surgeon's office fondling silicone <laughs> implants. Oh, well, damn. Anyway, I know what it feels like. It's like rubbing your shoulder. Anyway, I'm like, this water feature is not... I know. Hey, listen, it was before they reintroduced silicone as acceptable. Anyway, uh, sa- saline is the other one, I think. Oh, God. Gosh, I don't know. Anyway, stop. I'm sweating. I'm going to be the one dripping in a second here. Okay, so I have an active leak in my house, and I'm trying to like focus on the rundown but I can't because I have to go into Gary DIY mode. You know, I fancy myself as a, a, a recipient and holder of many degrees from YouTube University. Let me say something about Gary, okay? Don't let the pretty face and the soft hands fool you. Gary can get after it. In fact, Gary just very loosely drummed. So I find this leak. I jump up on the roof. I was like, wait, what? You went to the roof? Because the first thing I'm doing is calling somebody, anybody, 911, whatever. I called 911 once because there was a lizard in my closet and I lived alone and I was scared. Wait, what? They laughed me off the You're phone. putting resources into a lizard in your it closet? It was midnight and maintenance was closed. So what am I supposed to do? Just stay in a room with a lizard in it? Close the closet door, put a towel underneath so it can't slither out and hope for the best in the morning. I didn't think about that. That's a selfish move. That is a selfish move. I was concerned. It's Atlanta. There's no crimes going on. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, this car accident, we've just been sitting around for 30 extra minutes. Yeah, it's because uh, an entire crew was dispatched to L. Duncan's house for a lizard? For a lizard. Mm -hmm. So anyway, L, I'm I'm troubleshooting here for the next 90 minutes of my life, trying to figure out where this water is going. Anyway, couldn't find it. So then I hit up my dude, Adam. 
property manager. That's my dog. And we got my roofing guy coming out tomorrow. But it's not a great way to start the day. Yeah. It's not a great way to start the day. I felt like that when it came to starting week 15 because for the first time, we got three Saturday games. It was awesome. I love that. Unless, of course, you're a Broncos fan. Yeah, unless you are a Broncos fan. um, And the biggest highlight from your game was the head coach berating the quarterback. And then denying it. And then yeah, saying I didn't do that. Then saying it's none of your business. Well, Sean, it kind of is when you're undressing your quarterback after he's ripped off five, six solid wins for your team. And then the then, then the reasoning was kind of weird. Like, I didn't like the play call or I didn't like, I don't know. You know more about it than me. Yeah, in my head, he was yelling at him like, you know. And you have the nerve to have a <laughs> Subway sandwich? <laughs> you're joking right now? <laughs> Those prices have been getting crazy too at Subway. I remember when it was five dollar foot long, man. But this was like a really big week, I think, for uh, the backups. For you know what? Why don't we just start the week the same way we do every single week by doing two long, didn't watch, best of week fifteen? Let's go, Gare Bear. You horn, start. Horn, horn, horn. All right, here we go. Gonna start things off with the Jets losing thirty nothing to the Dolphins officially eliminating them from the playoffs, New York. So Aaron Rodgers can go back to doing hallucinogens for fun instead of for work. He ain't he ain't coming back. No reason to. Honestly, having to watch the Jets is like watching a mushroom trip. One day they're good, the next week they're horrible. Oh my god, what is this? I wouldn't I can't speak from experience, but is the line supposed to be talking on the field? Yeah. I can see sound. The fury of a million fantasy owners hath reigned on Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. Many have been Bijan bounced out of the playoffs because of the Falcons game plan. Seven carries for 11 yards, one catch, three targets. Oh my God, man. Question, does FedEx ship people to the moon? Cause if so, I got a guinea pig for you. <laughs> Arthur Smith's dad's not going to do that to his son, though. Okay. <laughs> Get out of here. I know. Like, three seasons, not had a winning one down there in Atlanta. Imagine hitching your horse to Desmond Ritter. I mean, Arthur Smith decided a few weeks ago, I'm going down with Desmond Ritter's ship, and going down they are. Unbelievable. You lose to the worst team in the NFL because you couldn't muster more than a paltry seven points. That's bad. Desmond Ritter throws the worst interception that you have maybe ever seen in the red zone. All they had to do was take a knee, kick a field goal, game is over, and said he tries to, as he said himself, do a little bit too much, cost his team the game, and now the playoff chances are over. Fortunately, though, if you're looking on the bright side, only dozens of people saw it in the stadium as tickets were somewhere between 45 cents and $5 officially. That's crazy. You could get into that Panthers game, guys, for $4. And, and they still not and, going. Well, and they still, you'd have to pay me to go. Yeah, facts. Free parking, pick me up, True. white glove service, yep. sweet, free food and drinks. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll entertain it. Yeah. Which is actually, those are your requirements for anything these Fair. days. <laughs> Here we go. Baltimore won their fourth straight game. Jacksonville has now lost three straight, haven't won since November. Hell, they've been jagging off all month. I know. They must be exhausted. That's why they don't have no energy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's why Trevor Lawrence is finally going to have to miss a game. He's tired. Actually, it's a head injury. 
above the neck. Oh, God. Concussion protocol, L. Stop. Read the next one, L. Uh-oh. The Raiders put up a goose egg, and then four days later, they put up 63 points. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a new entrant into the fun, unlikely quarterback for a team whose season's over, Aiden O'Connell. Four passing touchdowns in the first half. That was the most for a Raiders quarterback since 1969 when Daryl LaMonica did it. A guy who probably also used the A as an Italian stamp, for sure. In the 60s? He was playing with the horn, Mm -hmm. probably had a mustache, probably had just an ample amount of chest hair, I guess. Yeah. Titans lost to the Texans in overtime. Derrick Henry, a career-worst nine yards on 16 carries. Haven't seen a performance that short from a Henry since William Henry Harrison. Wait, the president? 31 days in office. Well, because he died, Gary. I was going to leave that part out. 31 days, had pneumonia. 1841, people. He was walking to the market, and it started to rain. And he was like, I'm good. I'm not going to change out of these cold, wet clothes. And in the 1840s... You better have, that's the only, the heating source they had was dry clothes. Yeah. He refused. When you were prepping for the show today, before the roof started leaking, yeah. were you like prepping on the History Channel? No, actually, here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a, I actually fancy myself as kind of a history guy. I'm not a so president. So a historian? I'm not a president guy, <clears throat> but me and Randy the other day on SportsCenter, for some reason, we're talking about presidents ah. and he fancies himself huh. a president savant. And we were talking about who we thought the greatest president of all time was, and I think we came to a consensus. Oh, God. What? Uh, who? FDR. <laughs> the New Deal. You weren't even alive. I know. Okay. But because of what FDR did, taking us out of the Great Recession, uh, Depression, rather, um, I think my chances improved of becoming alive. <laughs> so anyway... William Henry Harrison, shortest tenure as a U.S. president, 31 days. Well, that's, I love that. Because Thanks. He, because he died. I sort of mentioned Tommy DeVito, but didn't. But do you think that the turf took one look at Sean Stilato's green suit and was like, that's my color? <laughs> hey, you better not go down to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome because you are wearing grass color. Chiefs beat the Patriots at Foxborough. Remember, this game was flexed out of Monday Night Football because the Pats stink. The Patriots become the first in history to get a Monday off as punishment instead of as a reward. <laughs> Damn. I know. You got to stink yeah. to be like, y'all can just take Monday off. <laughs> the only thing worse is getting fired on your day off, right? True. We all know Damn, about that. Damn, Craig, you got fired on your day off for stealing boxes? That's right, Smokey. Speaking of those Patriots, the internet was going wild because if you notice, at the end of the game, Bill Belichick sought out Travis Kelsey so he could say something to him. And no one knows what he said. But guys, we can exclusively reveal here on the L. Duncan Show what Bill Belichick was whispering to Travis Kelsey postgame. Uh, yeah, could you see if uh, Taylor needs a minister of defense or anything? Or <laughs> I myself have been self-described anti-hero for many years. and just uh, You've got my number. Let me know. <laughs> Minister of Defense. Very Harry Potter of you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. We've reached the point of the season 
where we're talking about coaching firings, which is always like really so awkward. I mean, you never root for anyone to actively lose their job. Correct. It's just a part of it. Yes. Uh, Brandon Staley already fired mm-hmm. after getting boat raced by the Raiders. Those same Raiders that I just said, like five days ago, couldn't muster a single point. 3-0. Put up 63 points against the Chargers. They're playing for Antonio Pierce. And this guy's pretty bad. I mean, I think everyone thought Brandon Staley had been on the hot seat. 24-24 mm-hmm. and 24 as a head coach. Yeah. Not a loser, not a winner. He's got that one playoff appearance where, of course, they jump out to a huge lead against the Jaguars last year and ultimately end up blowing the biggest playoff lead in franchise history. Yeah. And so he's out of here. I don't think that that one is particularly surprising. But there's a couple of more people who are certainly on the hot seat. I think Arthur Smith of the Falcons would be one of them. Sure. Right? No, seven and ten and seven and ten in his first two seasons. Sure. Now six and eight with the Falcons. So still a chance, I guess, to to muster a winning season in his three years. That's not gonna happen. Though. I don't think so. There's just no enthusiasm Correct. there. And a lot of this the a lot of the, the things that you have to figure out when you're talking about making a head coaching decision is what are the better option? And even if there isn't a better option at the head coach position, well at the very least, this garner enough goodwill with the fan base that they can glean something positive like okay this has been a horrible waste of a season but at least like next year we know something will change arthur smith defiantly stood by the idea they didn't need to bring a veteran quarterback in i seem to remember a falcons team just a few months ago turning their nose up at the idea of lamar jackson coming there lamar jackson who's leaving the ravens to potential number one seed in the afc so the idea that they just sort of defiantly said we're fine this team is good enough. We've got enough weapons and we don't need to make a decision at quarterback. I think it's going to ultimately cost him his job. No one would be surprised by that. Bill Belichick, a guy who, if you would have said four years ago, Bill Belichick could potentially get fired, I probably would have laughed you out of the room. I would have said no matter how bad it got, it's Bill Belichick. And based on what he's done, he deserves lifetime coach status or at the very least the ability to walk away on his own terms. We're hearing this thing is headed for a divorce between the Patriots. My question for you is, you've worked in New England with me. I remember Bill Belichick years ago sort of intimating that he didn't want to be coaching into his 70s. Mm -hmm. Why on God's earth, despite these reports that he already has another place to go, why on God's earth would he go start over somewhere else? Because any team that is in need of a new head coach is not on the precipice of a playoff run. And if you're Bill Belichick, already 71 years old, why would you do that? And do you think that because his legacy has hit a little bit of a tarnish based on the last three years in New England, he would walk away and let revisionist history you know, remind us of how good he is? Or if you're him, do you try to go someplace else and write this ship? Do you think... You think that he's only had a little bit of a downturn since Tom Brady? He's made the playoffs one time. I know. And they've not won... Well, actually, they did, they did win a playoff game. But yeah, since then... that's what happens when you have to replace a legacy so, so, at quarterback. So that's the thing with me is I think the only reason Bill Belichick would go start somewhere else, and I think Dan Orlovsky and Herm Edwards sort of were intimating that like LA, the Chargers would be the perfect spot for him in the off season. Cause you have a quarterback, you have pieces in place and they just need sort of that Bill Belichick type figure to bring some, bring some authority. And this is a, bring assuming some, that Sean McVay wants to leave. Correct. Or the, the, um, the, Ram- the, the Chargers, the Chargers, the Chargers, sorry, Chargers, not the Rams. The, the Chargers, okay, the Chargers. So you've got Herbert, you've got-, you, you've got Herbert, you've got the young pieces and then you get the gravitas of Bill Belichick who can sort of write that ship, defense specific. Um, I think I. He's never in, led on, led us into 
what really makes him tick other than winning. So the only thing I can think of is like he wants to be proven a winner outside of uh, the association with, with Tom Brady. But I don't think it's that shallow for him. I don't know. He just still wants to do it. I don't think that he's going to get fired. I think it's going to be a, a decision of mutually decided to part ways because I think in this situation, past success does garner and does dictate your ability to walk away on your own terms. It's not going to get ugly. It's not going to get messy. Robert Kraft has never been a, a guy um, to sort of be outwardly messy as it relates to everything that goes on within his franchise. I just don't see it happening that way. Um, I don't think that Belichick's going to be there after this season. Um, but what motivates him? Gosh, he's the only one that knows that. It's fair. I don't, I think we think that he's motivated by proving that. Correct. He, I think maybe he probably knows the same thing that I know is that those things are not comparable. Yes. <laughs> the coach, we've gone over this, the mm -hmm. coaching and the quarterback themselves. I just don't see why, but to me, it would be ego, ego alone that That's would it. have Bill Belichick want to go somewhere else and try to, Why? You already were a part of the most successful run in sports history. Mm -hmm. Sports, not NFL, sports history with your guy, Tom Brady. So what? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Mike Shanahan saying he couldn't win to the same degree that he did after John Elway left. So what? You're literally trying to replace some of the most substantial, you know, players in history. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, but I just don't see why he would want to go. Now, there's one hot seat. Either way, though, you can understand, like, there's an expectation to win in New England, even without Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. And the idea that you're not only not competing for Super Bowls, you're not, I mean, you're competing for top five draft picks now. They're the first team eliminated in the AFC. Right. What? That's, that sounds ridiculous. It sounds insane, right? So I can understand why the parting of ways would happen there. But there's one name I just can't. I cannot. And I'm tired of the media trying to make it a thing. Mike Tomlin. Oh, yeah. See, he's he's good. Put, put all the other stuff aside, uh, Gary, that we talk about all the time as it relates to the Steelers, that they're incredibly loyal, mm -hmm. that they've had three freaking coaches in 60 years, yep. that he's already won a Super Bowl, that this year is the first year potentially in mm -hmm. his entire tenure that they might not have a 500 season. I don't think that they are underperforming. I think they are aptly performing based on who is on this roster. He snuck them somehow into the postseason last year when they were in a rebuild year. Again, you're trying to replace Ben Roethlisberger, guys. That doesn't happen overnight. And it just seems nonsensical to me that you would move on from a guy like Mike Tomlin when you've already fired Matt Canada. That was your scapegoat. Their offense was horrible. It needed to be rejuiced. They got rid of the guy, and that's fine. But who, who's better than Mike Tomlin right now to come in there and steer that ship? That's the question. I think we've used that too with other coach firings. Like, what is your better option when we talk like college football coach firings? Mike Tomlin has been there for 16 seasons, is 16 seasons, two Super Bowls, and he's never finished a season under 500. I don't, I mean, is the groundswell of talk about him getting fired really that loud? Or is it just giving people to talk? They're seven and seven. Right. You know, and they, they're still on the outside looking into a playoff picture. But before that loss to Indy, you know, he's playing a backup in Mitch Trubisky, and the Steelers were up pretty tidy on those Colts until they rattled off, you know, 30 unanswered. I don't, I don't buy the talk, Mike Tomlin getting fired. It's not something that the Steelers proved to do. Um, the equity that he's built as the coach of that franchise, I mean, it's it's oceans deep. Um, I don't. I don't think that that actually has any substance of actually happening. 
you can't put a man's job on the line when Mitch Trubisky is the one under center. Correct. I'm sorry. It's completely and totally unfair. Also reminds me, if they did for some reason decide to move on from him, the most egregious coaching firings of There's been all some bad ones. Time. You ready? Just think, NFL? I'm going to do NFL and NBA. Oh, okay, yeah. You ready? So I'll today do my starting five on the most egregious coaching firings of all time. And you guys weigh in in the comment section. You know, who do you think shouldn't have got fired? Look at us caping for coaches. There's some bad ones. All right, you ready? Andy Reid. <laughs> 2013. Yeah. Right? Led them to five conference title games and a Super Bowl between 2009 and 2012. But that dream team sort of fizzled out. Mm -hmm. Back in 2012, they were 4-12 and 12 and they moved on from him. He got his just desserts, though, yep. when he beat his team in the Super Bowl sure did. with the Chiefs. Two-time winner. There you go. Everybody knows this one. Tony Dungy. Okay? For you kids, defense. for you young guns that weren't really watching football in the early 2000s, the Bucks were a disaster. Well, who would say. the current Bucks? who would the Bucks of old be like now? They'd be like the Panthers, right? They, they were just a... They were a franchise in disarray, the laughingstock of the league, mm -hmm. and he literally resurrected them, revitalized them, four straight playoff bursts, and an NFC title game, and then they fire him. And then what happens? They won the Super Bowl. I mean, he had the pieces in place. Yeah. So he John, puts all these pieces together. John Gruden gets him. the credit. Here comes John Gruden. Yeah. He gets all the credit because he wins the Super Bowl in year one. Listen, that's a team, because my dad, hardcore Bucks fan, he grew up in Tampa, so... Listen, man, um, I grew up in the thin times in those Buccaneer creamsicles when my dad was throwing bottles at the TV in the basement. And I was like, Buccaneers are losing again. So the 2002 season when they won the Super Bowl behind that defense, Warren Sapp, oh, Derek man. Brooks, Rondé Barber, was uh, John Lynch, was the first time I saw my dad cry. Oh. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He came upstairs. He was crying. I was like... What was that water coming from your eyes? It was the first time I had ever seen him cry. It was, I'm not kidding. It was the first time I had ever seen him cry. Wow, when they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was 14. Oh. No birthdays, no nothing. And not since? No, nah, he's crying. You know how parents get in their old age. They oh, just, yeah, they get emotional. Every, everything just makes yeah, them emotional. Sure. Every time I drop my parents off, it's like nighttime. My dad's wearing sunglasses. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> my dad just be crying for no reason. <laughs> Um, That's what started it, though. Yeah, the 2002 Bucks, but Tony Dungy, man, he had those guys playing so well. Um, yeah, that was appointment viewing in the Streisky household in Denver, so that was a bad one. But yeah. then Tony got his... He got his... He, yeah, he, got, he got his revenge, not revenge. I mean, he's not a guy who ever seeks revenge, but uh, he had his success in Indy. Yeah, he won that, with that the Colts. Bad, that was a bad firing. Here's another bad firing. Jimmy Johnson. Oh, God. You know? They again, still ain't over the beef. Well, the, he they're finally over the beef because they are officially going to they're induct him the into beef. the ring of... <laughs> finally. Literally, like 30 years later. Uh, because they are going to be inducting Jimmy Johnson into the Hall of Fame, uh -huh. the Ring of Fame for Dallas, December 30th, I think, before their prime <clears throat> Oh, that's happening, happening. Yeah, no, they're like... They, they finally put oh, a date. Oh, they're straight then. Okay, cool. Well, he told Jimmy Johnson for like 20 years, like, yeah, you'll be in our Hall of Fame, but he never put him in there. And for those of you that don't remember... You know, Jimmy Johnson got fired because he just got into a pissing contest with mm -hmm. Jerry Jones. And you may remember at the time, after they'd won a couple of Super Bowls, Jerry going, I could win. I could get 500 coaches to win with this team. Mm -hmm. Does that sound like Jerry? And, of course, he gets fired. They break up. And then Barry Switzer takes Jimmy Johnson's team to Barry another Super right. Bowl. I was like, who was the in-between? Yeah, Barry, Barry Switzer, Switzer yeah. right. Um, I'll go NBA here. David Blatt. Poor David Blatt. <laughs> 
Damn. Another pissing contest fire. David Blatt, the most winningest European coach of all time, comes over to the Cavs in 2015-16. He gets fired mid-season. They were 30-11. and Yeah. Why? Because him and LeBron did not like each other. It's not... Oil and water. They were oil and water. Damn, we that was that's two David Blatt drops yeah. on the L. Duncan show. I know. We're Can you caping for it? David yeah. Blatt. What up, D. Damn. Blatt? D. Blatt, man, if you're watching or listening, ping us from whatever Eastern European country you're listening or watching from. Correct. Damn. Also rate and subscribe. Also that. And lastly, on the coaches that have been fired, this Hold one on, coach. Let me guess. Can wait, I guess it? wait, okay. yes. Let me let me give you the setup first. This one coach could be on this list three separate times. Jesus, NFL or NBA? NFL. Think about it. Three separate times. Three separate times this guy undeservingly was fired. Hall of Famer. Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer. Chiefs. Listen. Washington, San Diego. In Cleveland first. Oh, Cleveland. Leads the Browns to four straight playoff appearances. I mean, that'd get damn. you in the Hall of Fame in Cleveland yeah, now. Damn. But in 1988, they were the AFC fave. They lost in the wild card game. Despite the fact that Bernie Kosar, their Hall of Fame quarterback, was injured a lot that season. They had four different starting quarterbacks. They still end up firing Marty. Okay? Schottenheimer. Insert Marty Schottenheimer in D.C. Yep. A young Dan Snyder. Huh. The fast food billionaire buys the... At the time, the Washington Redskins and fires Shoddy a year into oh, his four-year yeah. deal. He brings in Steve Spurrier, makes yeah, him the highest-paid coach, coach yeah. in NFL history. And twenty years later, Washington is still cycling head coaches like they're the Tour de France. Damn, that's crazy. Shouldn't have been fired there. Marty and lastly, Marty Schottenheimer, maybe the most egregious of his firings with the Chargers. The Chargers, man, they had LT. They were fourteen and two. That's right. Damn. Lost in the wild card round. Marty's out of there. That's crazy. That guy was a good guy and he loved football and they just kept treading on old Marty. Damn, that's a good. Yeah. Some honorable mentions there. Okay. Dwayne Casey, George Carl. Could get a George Carl in there. Monty Williams. Uh Uh-huh. I think these are all three coaches who were fired the year they won coach of the year in the NBA. Yeah. I know for sure. Monty and George Carl. Because mm-hmm. I was. Dwayne Casey, too, I think was coming off yeah, of Coach of the Year. Yeah, watching the Nuggets. And he was Coach of the Year. They won 50 something games. Mm-hmm. And they're like, see you bye. You know what? We're I good. mean, they, they hired Mike Malone. So obviously, has Mike Malone been there that long? But yeah, it just goes to show, man. I think there's some short sightedness as it relates to these coaches, man. What do you expect? I mean, a 14 and 2 campaign gets you a five year extension these days. Correct. Like Marty Schottenheimer does or did. Well, they, Damn. Just, they just really felt like those teams were underperforming. They felt like you can't take us over the hump. Marty Schottenheimer deserved or not, had a reputation for not being able to just to do that one thing yeah. to get his team over. The, he could always get you there, uh-huh. but that wasn't enough at the time. The Chargers were trying to keep up with Denver, the yep, Raiders, who right. were good back then, yeah. and they just felt like he wasn't the guy to get it done. So it's just it crazy, though, that like the coaching carousel continues because like a Marty Schottenheimer, he'll find his way into a head coaching position with three, four different franchises, but then be deemed with the same fate as he did with the previous one. And it takes franchises like the Chiefs and like the Steelers to kind of ride through those ebbs and flows like the Mike Tomlins of this year. 
because there's no other better options. I don't know why people fire coaches just to, for the sake of making the splash. And then what? Then you're stuck bringing in another coach who got fired. So you're dealing with the same same scenario here. Well, that's always the delicate balance of when to fire someone. Like yeah. repeated change isn't helpful, right? Like yeah. every year or two, changing regimes does not Somebody help. Somebody should tell that to David Tepper yeah. down there in Carolina. <laughs> You're out of here. Uh, can I give a game ball to someone though? Because Zach Taylor, he's, the Bengals head coach, his job is clearly not in jeopardy in any way. Yeah, but I got to tell you, he's looking, he's looking pretty smart. Him and the GM for bringing in Jake Browning. Yeah, Jake One, Browning playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's if, mad at everybody. Hello, if you're wondering what can Browning do for you, Hell yeah. keep you in playoff contention. So the Bengals, when Joe Burrow goes down, mm-hmm. had a 3.5% chance of making the playoffs. That was per ESPN's analytics. But now they're 8-6, and six, okay? Your boy Jake Browning has been phenomenal. He's going to be a starter for somebody next year. They've got a 34% chance of making the postseason now. And the good thing about Jake Browning is guys like this, sometimes like rolls downhill, right? We know that. And especially for backups, you make a mistake and then the wheels come off and everything unravels. He throws an interception and then he comes back in the third quarter and throws for 240 yards, a pair of touchdowns, and leads the Bengals to 24 points and the win. They were down 17-3 entering that final frame. So he showed moxie. And how you got the Bengals. Is that good? Let me ask you, do we like teams yes. without quarterbacks sneaking into the postseason? Yeah, definitely. Somewhere Florida State's like, uh, you, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, facts. Uh, it depends on the Browns and the Bengals it, and all these other teams and the Colts winning with their backups. Depends on what level of football you're talking about because in the NCAA, not a shot. Ew, no thanks for the NFL. Hell yeah, that's a Cinderella story. What other options do we have in the AFC? I love the Joe Flacco story coming out of Cleveland. Pittsburgh on a downturn. Cleveland, well, actually... They won. But uh, the Jake Browning thing is fantastic because it's not just what he's doing for the team, but I want to see like what Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins can also do um, if introduced to the playoffs. Plus, I said this on SportsCenter the other day, I don't think that the Bengals players might not even know Joe Burrow is out for this season because have you seen Jake Browning with his helmet on? I'm like, dude, that's Joe Burrow. They look alike. With his helmet on? Just with a mustache. Jake Browning looks like Joe Burrow just with a mustache. And if he keeps winning, Joe Burrow is going to just keep having to toss him the keys to the suite, which I'm sure this year is just a fob, but still. Let's do a side-by-side. Okay, well, we're going to have our producer, Sarah and Christina, throw a side-by-side of Joe Burrow and Jake Browning. And I got to be honest with you. In their helmet. the The only way they look alike is that they both have faces and they're white. That checks two boxes. Okay. Oh, and hair. Three. That checks three boxes. They don't, they don't look anything alike, Gary. They have the same initials. I also liked Jake Browning um, after that post game. was like, you know, yeah, I just I want to drink some beers, but God, I'm so pissed off. I was so disrespected. They cut me without even telling me. I'm like, dude, you are a rookie. Nobody, nobody owes you, nobody owes you anything in the NFL. I had to make sure that he was a rookie because I was like, did this guy was he like on the team for a while? Does he have a couple of years of service? Obviously, was reminded that he is just a rookie and he was just on their practice squad. But he made it seem like, you know, they handed him the keys to the franchise and then rescinded the contract. They pulled it out from underneath him. So you talk about Moxie. You talk about that pedigree. Pedigree, I like it. 
I, you know, okay. The whole life, Why are you mad at me? I'm not mad at you. I'm annoyed at this. We just keep using the same like adage, like chip on the shoulder, getting cut. Like, no offense to Jake Browning, Jake. That's what I was, You're, but you were undrafted. That's Brad. what I was exactly. just trying to I'm say. I'm just saying, like, it's just in general. It's like, oh, you know, Brock Purdy, like being Mr. Irrelevant, really must have pissed him off. Like, what are you talking about? You're getting an opportunity in the NFL. Yep. Whatever that opportunity to look like, I hope you can make the most of it. But this idea that like, how dare they disrespect what? That's a disrespect. That's well, what you he were was undrafted. saying. That's what he was saying. I thought you were mad at me. You were rubbing. No, I'm mad at like the bridge of I'm, your nose. No, I'm mad that like every single time someone, you know, we have these like fun stories of like, oh, this guy played in 37 leagues before he made the NFL, and then it's like, well, he must be pissed. No, no. Why do you have to be mad just because you didn't get your opportunity? Lots of people get overlooked for opportunities. Lots of people. In my old age. I'm trying to evolve as a person. You okay. should be less motivated by the people that cut you and more motivated by the people that picked you up. Who like you the Browns. They gave you a shot. Stop focusing okay. on the people that said no, of which all of them did. Not proving people wrong, but proving people right. There we go. I'm with you, L. See what you did there. I got that. Yeah, put the Bengals in the playoffs. You like it? You want to get it's an expanded field. Like what's what's there not to like about it? What are our what are our other options? Putting Joe Flacco in the playoffs, he doesn't even know how much money he's making. He got a $75,000 bonus for beating the Bears. And I bet you, had that not been public knowledge, he wanted to know. And Cleveland could have just slid that right back in their bank account. and been like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Did you hear that sound from no. Joe Flacco? Yeah, He doesn't even know how much he's making. Wait, like what? this year, after being signed with Cleveland, okay. he doesn't know what his salary is. I think that makes him sound way more unlikable. Yeah, well, because he had a, he had a max deal after you know not a max deal, but you know he signed fat deal after the Super Bowl, hundred yeah. something million dollars. So now he's playing on the vet men, couple hundred grand, maybe. I don't even know what I'm making. He said that out loud. Hell yeah! Oh god, that's kind of baller though. You think so? Playing for the love of the game, not uh, for the paycheck. I think that makes you sound incredibly unlikable. I for think real? It may, yeah, I think it makes you sound like you have so much money you don't even know how much money you're making. That seems like. So unrelatable on so many levels. That's stupid. Well, I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people can't relate with anyway. I think it actually kind of put him in a better light. Like, he's not worried about making X amount of certain dollars for being with the Browns. I bet you this is some of the most fun he's had playing professional football. Just unencumbered, no pressure. You think he just gets more to, fun than winning the Super Bowl? Some of the most fun he's had in playing professional football. You should listen to this guy talk. He was on his couch for the first twelve weeks of the season until yeah. Cleveland hit him up. Yeah. So you he, think that, that that's been he's like having a, fun a great time. time. He's having a great time. He's winning football games. He's looking like Joe Flacco, been looking elite. And the one thing he's not looking at and looking in is his bank accounts. Because he don't even know that it's hitting his account. I hope he doesn't have like a financial person. Because if so, they're like licking their chops. They're like, oh, this bro doesn't pay attention to how much yeah. money's in his account. We're just going to slide an extra couple percent. His agent's like, oh, Joe, you're making 300 this year. Actually. <laughs> Lies. Like, what about that 75000 I'm supposed to get for beating the Bears? I don't know what the hell you're talking about, dude. That Gary Streisky don't know what he's saying. <laughs> we saw lots of fight in the NFL. Lots of teams putting up a good fight. We also saw... A wannabe fight in women's basketball? Oh. Did you guys, did you see uh, LSU's head coach, Kim Mulkey? I saw Angel Reese having to restrain her coach. Yeah. 
I don't know what for what for what for you're gonna have to provide the content. Yeah. So the refs call. I mean, they were beating Context. the absolute. This is why I love Kim Mulkey. I, I don't. Even, I think they were playing like Northwestern State or something. Okay. They were beating them by like sixty points. Yeah. Like seventy points. The refs called a charging foul on Anissa Morrow. Yep. Pretty egregious. It wasn't charged at all. Okay. It was clearly moving. Whatever. Kim Mulkey had to be restrained. I mean, that was enough to set her off. A play that has no significance or impact to the game. She was not happy. She's a fiery one, that Kim Mulkey. Yep, a little bit. What I loved is in the post game when Angel Reese, who had to hold Kim Mulkey mm-hmm. back, how she sort of described what happened. It was fun. I mean, me and Coach <laughs> Mulkey have similar personalities and we really like to win no matter the score. And of course, she's going to fight for us, and we all fight for her. So, and that moment was was fun, and we knew we had her back, and she had our back. What a moment Do between the two. Do we think that's precious and adorbs? That Angel Reese had to hold her back? Yeah. 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 I think that we can put that, you know, put whatever turbulence was spoken about with the team. We can put that water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Angel Reese was saving Kim. See, I don't think she was saving Kim. Because oh, let kidding. me tell you, Kim Mulkey is a little person like yeah. me. Yeah. She's short. Yeah. And uh, we don't fight fair. We don't fight fair. You're going Dan Campbell biting Achilles and stuff? Listen, I'm going for anything I can grab. I'm not above a titty twist. Excuse me? I'll do it. I don't care. I... What I lack my in kryptonite. size, correct. It's everyone's kryptonite, Gary. Yeah. That's the point. I can't physically out-physical a lot of people, okay? Yeah. I can't do that. I'm not that big. I'm okay. pretty strong, but okay. I'm five foot three. So how do I bring a big person down? Just by doing all the things you're not supposed to. Titty twisters, hair pulls. <laughs> I'll punch you down low, and I don't care if it's a girl or a boy. Okay, I got a question for you. I mean, you are you are you are speaking of getting in altercations as if you've been in a fight in the last 20 years. I have. What? I got into a fight. When? I've never told you about my fight. You've been in a fight? Like a f- straight up fight. Recently? 25th birthday. Okay. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. You didn't tell me about this. Story time. What the hell? Okay. Wait, we buried the lead. That 30, first 35 minutes, pointless. Put this at the top of the show. <laughs> it's my 25th birthday, Kay. and I was like a radio personality in Atlanta, so yeah. I, they're throwing like a big party for me at All this right. club, you know. Oh, birthday. So anyway, party's fun. I've got my girls with me. One of my girls got a little inebriated. Okay. The guy she was dating at the time Apparently, was cheating on her. Oh, gosh. With his old flame. Mm. The old flame thought, this means we're rekindling things. Oh, no. The old flame happened to be at the club. Oh, gosh. And see the boyfriend with his current boo, my friend. Okay. Okay? So, as we're leaving the party, the side chick following us out to the parking lot. Oh. And she's yelling my friend's name. And I'm going to change my friend's name for the purposes of this story because she's a real professional. Okay? Okay. I'm just going to say her name is Starla. Okay. Starla, Starla, trying to get my friend to turn around and look at her, okay. right? My friend is 17 sheets to the wind. She barely knows like what year it is. So we're trying to get her out to the car. I'm like, hey man, this is not the time. Like just following us the whole time in the parking lot, following us, following us. Finally, the side chick gets closer and she's like in some aggressive, like I'm gonna beat your friend's Ooh. butt, right? So I turn to look at the girl and just like try to play mediator. Like this is not the time, right? I turn and you I use say, the mom voice even before you're a mom. I have the hands up on both sides. Knock like, it off. Yeah. I was like, you know what? This is not. Before I could get not out of my mouth, she swung on me. What? 
Boom! Dang. That's how she swung? She swung. Like full-blown swung on me. Damn. Okay? So I'm like, it took a second. Never been in a fight before. Oh, because she made contact. She made contact. Took me a second. Because I was like, I was stunned. I was like, did I just get hit? Did I just get... Someone just swing on me? I mean, I've never been in fights beyond my sister. So once I realized, oh, we are going to be fighting, I was like, oh, crap. She comes back in and she does the thing that you're not supposed to do. She grabs my hair. hair. Ooh, that's off limits. She has no hair. I have lots of hair. So she grabs the hair. So I'm like, get off my hair. So once she gets, once I wrestle away from her holding my hair, she takes my dress and she rips it down the front. Whoa. And I'm, you know, I push her off me and I was like, get off me. And she starts running at me, you guys. It's like in I promise you this girl was on bath salt. She starts running at me and like it was almost like in slow motion, you guys. And I'm like, oh my God, she's coming at me again. And I just sort of sidestepped and then karate chopped her in the back of the neck as she was going by. And she literally swan dived into the concrete so hard that even I went, oh, and I went to go pick her up because I was like, oh God, mouth first into the concrete. She stood up swinging, tooth out, mouth bleeding, still trying to swing. What? Literally, finally, the like men in the parking lot like sort of saw what was happening and like intervened and grabbed her and yes, all because I was just trying to protect my friend. You karate chopped her in the back of the neck? <laughs> what a move. Long story short, guys, my friend's boyfriend who they were fighting over and that side chick have now been happily married for 12 years. Shut up. 25th birthday. Fight. One, The one and only? One and only. She got that tooth fixed, though. Looks great in her wedding pictures. And then Elle called 911. Hey, guys, it's Elle again. <laughs> Another lizard? No. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not going to believe this, but I, I, actually need, I actually need emergency services. Elle, we can't keep doing the lizard thing. It's not a lizard. <laughs> it's not a lizard. Before we get out of here, I used my starting five today to run down the starting five most egregious coaching firings of all time. But I think in the spirit of the holiday, we should close the show with your starting five, which is... Let's do that. We're a week out from Christmas. The big man, all right, up in the North Pole, he's he's working overtime to get those toys ready. Um, we're all going to be ready, watching comfortably from our homes, watching maybe Christmas movies, L. Mm-hmm. So in the theme of... I'm going to give us our my starting five of top five Christmas movies of all time. Okay. Now, before I get into my actual rankings, there were some honorable mentions. If you that, say Die Hard, I'm going to punch that you. I want, no, I'm not one of those guys. That's like Thank ju- God. That's jumping the shark. Do yes. I think it's a Christmas movie? I think it's in the round, but I'm not like one of those, oh, Die Hard's and here's why, because Nakatomi Plaza was decorated. No, stop it. I'm not about that. I'm not here for clicks. Sa- the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. An honorable mention? Honorable mention. It's a good one. Jingle all the way, Sinbad, <laughs> Arnold. Yep, yep, yep. For Turbo Man, because that came out right about the time I was like, I wish this was a real toy. And then they made it a real toy. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. And then also honorable mention, any Harry Potter. <laughs> it's like the whimsical, snowy. It's just very moody. Sarah agrees with me. She's off camera, be like, yeah, okay. that should be in your top five. Okay, here we go. Um, <clears throat> number five, a Christmas story. Yeah, I'm gonna admit something Ralphie. to you. You're gonna shoot your eye out. Never seen it. But 
But how is it on your list, Gary? If you've ever seen it, because every single year people are like, "That's the best Christmas movie. You got to watch it. It's always on reruns. It's always on freeform." So I'm gonna watch it. I've seen snippets, and I love the vibes. I'm loving what Ralphie's providing. Hold on, let me just. I used to have a BB gun. Seen it because we discovered this the other day whilst watching the Christmas Story for the 500th time because I'm an American. Duh. Yeah. A human. Um, Ralphie's parents look so <laughs> old to have little kids. Gosh, they were 30. Dude, they were like 30 years old and they look 75 years old. Let yep. me just show you Ralphie's yeah. parents. That's and what you a good moisturizer. Me if these people are young enough to have like a six year old and a 10 year old. Yeah, no, those are definitely his grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Hey, listen, man, moisturization has and, and hydration has gotten so much more important over the last couple of decades. Yeah, see, they used to be hairy back in the day. They used to look old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. All right, so a Christmas story, number five. Number four, Home Alone 2. Oh, Lost in New York. Lost in New York. It was great. The the, the wet bandits evolved into the sticky bandits. Mm -hmm. Kevin was a little bit more mature, a little bit more daring. Yeah, you had the plaza at Christmas. Risk-taking. New York City, Christmas time, the the best in the Mm -hmm. whole History of yeah. Christmas. Still a horrible parent that left yep, her child yep, twice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Number three, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. For sure. Ooh, Jim, wait, which one? Jim Carrey. Not the end. Okay. Jim Carrey. What? Did you, what, no, what, I'm, I'm okay what with was that. the hesitancy? I love the animated version because that's what I grew up in, but my kids yep. like watch the Jim Carrey version and it's like bananas. It's bonkers. So yes. I could see why they would be into that. And Loki kind of scary. A little bit. He's, How the Grinch Yeah, like, he's creepy. Like, the Grinch as a child when yeah. he was shaving. Very weird. Super scary. Mm-hmm. If they labeled that uh, a horror character yeah. and and advertised the movie in October, yeah. I'd be like, this is spooky. Don't watch it alone. And if you do, watch it with the lights on. I would say that the one side of that that's creepy to me from the Jim Carrey version is that they've got like the hoochie lady. Uh, that doesn't make sense what? to me. She's kind of like a... She's kind of like a hoe. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, like, yeah. she's like, yeah. she's like, she's yeah. just like always she's horny. Put, she's putting out the vibe. She's a little horny for a well, Christmas movie for kids, but that's just that's fine. Well, hey, man, how do you think they make those kids? <laughs> okay, uh, number two, all the who's and whovilles. Number two, Christmas Vacation. Clark Love Christmas Shitter's Vacation. That's probably my favorite. It's awesome. It's I a, would it's say classic. Christmas Vacation better than Vacation. A lot of people don't say that. I would say that. No, yeah, definitely because of the vibes and. I think we've had this conversation. If I was given the choice to live in any decade in the history of decades, it would be the 80s. The vibes were cool. Yeah. The world was still small, mm-hmm. yet technology had advanced enough where you mm-hmm. can call people. Yeah. All right. So the 80s, it just seems like such a vibe to me. And the best Christmas movie of all time <laughs> is Home Alone, the OG. Kevin, awesome. Every kid growing up, growing up, wishes for a talk boy. Wishes they could have had those adventures like a young Kevin McAllister going to the store, spending nineteen dollars on all of those supplies that today would run you a buck fifty minimum. No parents, cheese pizzas, mac and cheese that he didn't touch. I, I, maybe I was just like a scary kid. I thought that was a nightmare movie being, as a kid. I didn't want to be alone. alone. He was home alone and there was like criminals attacking him. Yeah, but like. It was horrifyingly scary and like, I never. And then there was a spider on the loose on top of that. The biggest criminal factor of that movie is that <laughs> tarantula. Yeah. He was a terrorist. 
You watched that and thought, man, I wish my parents would leave me. Like, you wanted that well, just for like yourself? The, the dumb, affable, uh, the dumb, affable criminals who are like, oh, shucks, oh, the Three Stooges. Yeah. Like, I could have handled my business against them um, for sure. For, I mean, just setting booby traps. Like, what kid didn't want to, what kid wasn't thinking about boobies yeah. all the time, whether traps or otherwise? You know what I'm saying? It's just the greatest. It checks off all the nostalgic boxes. And when I watch it with my parents, my dad laughs at that movie like it's the funniest thing that's ever been created in the history of Earth. Aww. Yeah, it's just... He's genuine and innocent. That's what I'm saying. So, Home Alone. You actually just sparked something for me. Xander, my three-year-old yes. son. Who celebrated his 18th birthday recently, yeah. apparently. Basically. He has sideburns. Yeah. And he sleeps until noon. And he has hair right above his butt crack, too, already. Oh, wait. He's three. Yeah. What? He literally has a hairy back. You got I don't even... growth hormone? Dude, he has hair on his butt. I'm like, how is this possibly three? But, and if there's any parents out there, please tell me what you all do. I'm holding him literally like two days ago. I had like a, like a V-neck shirt on. Uh-huh. And he starts going, what's that? And pointing down into my shirt. Oh, damn. I was like, uh, my chest? He's like, no, that. And I was like, my bra? He's like, that. And he like touches the top of my boob. And I'm like, should you like, use proper terms with children? I was like, should I tell him these are my breasts? I didn't. And I said, they're boobies. <laughs> and he said, uh, boobies. <laughs> and then he stared at them for five minutes. And I feel like I maybe have damaged my son or scarred him for life. But I'm I'm asking a serious question to the parents. When your kids ask you what things are called because they see you in various points of dress and undress, are you supposed to use the common vernacular? Or are you supposed to use real terms? Because it feels weird for a three-year-old to say breasts. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be like this kid's learning. I felt like titties was too at far. A, at a breakneck speed. <laughs> so in real Dad'll time, I was teach like, him that. Movies. <laughs> So I just want everyone to know if anyone comes across my son in the next couple of weeks and he says boobies and points at your chest, I'm to blame. Merry Christmas. <laughs> ho, ho, ho.